0: welcome back to the black health lit podcast i'm your host rachel ray crowder i know it has been quite some time guys i have been busy and i have been resting and i have been taking care of some of my own health issues so rest is resistance and recovery is unnecessary i've been practicing what i preach but i am back and it is women's history month And so it makes sense that today's episode focuses in on Black women and HIV. You'll hear from me and Dr. Miranda Ward, whose work has touched on issues such as urban youth identity and maternal mortality, to teaching empathy to health professionals and combating the social conditions that produce structural racism and violence. Recently, Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser has appointed her to fill the Ward 8 seat on the D.C. Commission on Health Equity. She is accomplished. Do you hear me? Check out the episode description to learn more about Dr. Ward and connect with her. Today we are talking about HIV and the reason for that is because as of 2020, nearly half, about 43%, of HIV diagnosis and deaths occurred in the Black community. Recently, too, research has shown that one in nine women were unaware of their HIV infection. To combat this misinformation and stigma related to HIV, it is so important now more than ever to be informed. I hope you enjoy today's episode.
1: All right. Oh, Okay. So um, thank you so much for the invitation to talk about HIV and, you know, how it actually disproportionately impacts Black women.
0: Absolutely. But,
1: you know, before we even jump into, like, okay, let's understand, like, the, the statistics and, you know, really where we stand, I think it's important to just back up a bit yes. and just provide, you know, what's the state of HIV in general? Because that yes. provides important context for how we're affected, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the the, the the thing is that actually overall new cases of HIV have actually steadily gone down since 2015. I, I don't feel like a, a lot of people really know that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I
0: did not know that.
1: So that's actually really great news. And actually, that's one of the things I'm going to talk about when we start to think about some of the strides that have been made, you know, since 1981, the very first case that we saw, we've come a long way medically. We've come yes. a long way. We still got yes. a long way to go when it comes to stigma and the other social factors. <laughs> but anyways, um... The key word, though, when I talked about the fact that the, you know, number of new cases have gone down, the key word there was overall new cases. Yes. And if we look at new cases for Black people specifically, those rates have actually remained stable over that same time period, right? Yes. And so, you know, okay, well, where do Black women come in? Well, I will say, as a Black woman myself, you know, here I am talking to another Black woman. Yes. Um, you know, this is why, you know, you probably invited me to have this conversation because you probably have seen the statistics. I have. <laughs> In fact, Yes, yes, yes. Right. So I just really get incredibly alarmed when I read that, you know, yes, Black people, we make up 13% of this country. Yep. But we're actually representing 40% of new HIV infection. Yes. And if we look at Black women specifically, we make up 58% of those new cases. Yes. That's actually double that of white women and that's triple that of Hispanic women. Uh-huh So black women literally yes, we're making up the majority of new cases among all women though men actually do remain the largest group of people that are diagnosed with HIV. Now let me take a little, let's you know let's go ahead and put a pin on black women and we'll come back to it because I think yeah. it's really important to understand like okay, you just said that black women are the you know have the leading number of new cases among women. so like why why you know kind of have this conversation about men? Well men, you know, they actually have the highest proportion of new cases. And, you know, the one that actually has the highest proportion of new cases are men who have sex with men. Right. They actually make up 66% of new um, HIV cases, though they're only 2% of the population, okay?
0: Yep, yep.
1: And you'll notice that, you know, I didn't say gay men, I didn't say bisexual men. Yes. And that's because the CDC actually focuses on sexual behavior. Yes. Not identity, and rightfully yep. so, because some men who have sex with men actually don't think of themselves as gay. Yep. They very well still may be having heterosexual sex with women. Yes. And so now we can circle back. Right. So this yeah. is a very important point, because the overwhelming majority of new HIV infections among black women are actually from heterosexual contact.
0: Yes, they are.
1: OK, so and, you know, I, th- I also think it's w- worth noting that when I do share this data on women, you know, this actually does not include transgender women. Right. And that's because the CDC actually reports them separately. Mm-hmm. But we do know that Black transgender women actually have even higher rates of yes. HIV infections than Black cisgender women. Yep. So, again, like I said, of all women, yes, Black women are the ones with the leading number of new cases. Now, we may be wondering, well, why? Like, what yeah. is contributing to why we would have the leading number? Is being Black the risk factor? Absolutely not. It's never been about race. It's Uh always been about racism. (laughs)
0: Let's be talk about it. Talk about it.
1: (laughs) But it's really important that we tease that out though, because if we don't, we really do run the risk of profiling black women. And so, you know, if we think about racism, which is very well documented in the literature, right, and how racism leads to bias, racism leads to discrimination. And not only does bias and discrimination affect access to healthcare, it affects access to everything else, right? Quality education, quality safe housing, you know, right. again, you know literally, yes, physical access to healthcare, um, the facility, the clinic, the hospital, let alone financial access, right, um, through insurance. But even if you do get there, how are you treated when you get there? right? Are they adequately screening and testing you? And I know you said you have a background in breast cancer, right? So we know that there, again, there's a disparity um, with black women, even though white women are more likely to actually get, to actually even get um, breast cancer because they actually have the breast cancer gene. (laughs) They actually have the highest actual survival rates. So I'm like, wait a minute, if you're more likely to get Breast cancer, um, and you know, you're surviving. That's actually great news. That just goes to show you, again, the marvels of medicine. But the thing is Absolutely. that black women are not benefiting from that high survival rate. Even though we're less likely to get diagnosed, we're more likely to die. And again, that's that's why I said we have to talk about how you're treated when you get there and if you're adequately screened and tested, because black women are not benefiting from early detection <laughs> and screening. So when we finally do get the diagnosis, and I'm, I'm talking about breast cancer in this case, right? When we finally do get that diagnosis, either the, the cancer is already spread and metastasized or it's like in a, a more aggressive form. So Absolutely. The thing is that this is not even limited to breast cancer. We can take out breast cancer and insert a, a range of- Any disease. Conditions. <laughs> Literally. This is why I mean, HIV is on that list too, right? Yeah, So we're not adequately screened and tested. And so- and this actually is the reason why I'm doing the work that I'm doing around HIV yeah. disparities and the the, the model that I'm gonna to introduce to you, because we really need to, you know, have a standard set of questions that absolutely every patient is asked because without it, because there becomes a missed opportunity, right?
0: Absolutely. So,
1: you know, black women are not offered prevention like PrEP, which is the pre-exposure prophylaxis, yep. which is a daily pill that you can take if you're HIV negative, yeah, but you're having sex with someone who may have exposure to HIV, right? Yeah. And so you take that. And And then, and again, that that we have the data that show this incredibly uh, effective, Mm -hmm. Uh, but that's the thing though. There's only one PrEP pill, there's an injectable that's actually been approved by the FDA for use by, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, for use by uh, women, but another pill was actually approved in 2019, but it was only tested and approved by, uh, approved for men. So the reason why I'm even bringing that up, because we also have to talk about, gender oppression and you know yeah. representation in clinical trials right so yeah literally three prep options for men but yeah. there's only two options for women it's kind of like this is just like a snippet of the fact yeah. that we we need representation in trials so that we can actually have um you know options when it comes to therapeutics
0: yeah so, so let's pause there so I heard you say a lot there so first off to just set level set on the background we're talking about hiv among black women because obviously we know we don't make up a majority of the population but we're making up a majority almost 60 percent of new hiv cases and then also you you highlighted something men who sleep with men there's a whole department at the centers for disease control and prevention the cdc that focuses on men who sleep with men and it's it's important to note that that doesn't necessarily mean that they have a gender expression identity right. uh, or identify as lgbtqia plus It's simply the action and the behavior of having sex with another man right. and then you also hit on something else it's not race it's not our it's not being black that makes us you know higher higher risk it's racism and part of racism is those things you talked about like access which is social determinants of health, our access to literature, our access to good doctors, housing, affordable housing, good quality food, et cetera. And so that's a great segue to talk about PrEP, which I've seen PrEP on benches and billboards throughout my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. I know a little bit about PrEP, but can you talk about why, go a little deeper on why PrEP is important for Black women?
1: Yeah, PrEP is really important because it allows for Black women to, you know, take charge of their health, right? (laughs) Right, so since the thing is that, you know, if you think about the fact that um, there are some Black women who may be experiencing intimate partner violence, so that is the reason why it becomes hard to negotiate a condom, you know, so it's kind of like, you know what, if you are in a, you know, if you have a, no matter what the type of relationship it is, right, If you are, you know, engaged in sexual activity with someone and you don't know their status, because that's what this is basically about, right? Yes. (laughs) Um, you don't know their status make hopefully you and through this conversation I'm promoting that it's really important to know your status as well absolutely as well. make sure we have a medical home go thoseCPpZp actually have you know um testing and it's right now the recommendation is you get tested every three years but if you actually have are engaged if you if you know that you are exposed to HIV um yeah. you need to get tested more regularly right yeah. um, so like annually and up to you know every three months depending on the type of exposure but right. nonetheless, you don't know that you don't know their status right it's like okay right. we're we are sexually active so let me go ahead and take this prep right this daily pill. Yeah. you don't gotta work you don't gotta you can do it discreetly they don't have you don't have to worry about oh bringing up the condom and now there's a whole conversation and again i will say and without judgment you know everyone has a range of you know uh dynamics that are going on in their relationship right absolutely <laughs> So like, you know what, PrEP does provide that protection for you when you, when you know, maybe you, you know, don't feel comfortable, you know, bringing up the condom, saying no to sex or all yes. the other ways that you can prevent HIV. It's like, okay, I'm going to still have sex with this person, but at least I know that we, I'm taking this pill and I'm going to get HIV from them, right? Right, right. <laughs> so it, really does, it really does allow Black women to have some agency and bodily autonomy without having to, you know, bring in the partner. And again, I'm not suggesting that, I think that it's incredibly important, you know, and that ideal realistic way to yes. honestly have conversations with your partner, right? Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah. It's important to, you know, you know, one, feel safe and have those conversations, being able to say, you know, either no, I don't want to have sex, or if we're going to have sex, I need to know your status, or we need to use this condom. Absolutely. But you also have to be real. There's just going to be some people who are not going to use condoms, right? Yes. <laughs> There's going to be some people who don't want to bring it up, right? They're yes. uncomfortable. They don't feel safe to bring it up. Okay. For all of those factors, you can go ahead and use PrEP. And then yes. you, you ain't got to worry about the you know that exposure. So I feel like it really does provide, you know, and we don't have, and like, like I said, the science actually shows that it's incredibly effective. And that's where, you know, people may have questions about, well, what about the side effects? And yep, you
0: know, that's our big happens. question exactly. all the time.
1: Literally. So that's, and that goes back to, like we said, Black health lit, like being literate, right? Yes. So you having health literate, you having those conversations with your PCP and I think yes. PCP instead of doctor, because everybody got different clinicians that they see, I, for instance, My PCP is a nurse practitioner, right? Yeah. Whoever it is that you see, pose those questions to them, right? Absolutely. You know what? Am I a good candidate for this? Why, why not? How is it going to work? How is it going to affect me? How do I, you know, like all the things, all the questions (laughs) that you have. Pose those questions. Have a medical expert weigh in and give you yes. feedback, and then you can basically, like I said, take charge of your health from there. I Absolutely. think that's important because one of the last things we didn't talk about is the fact that you know, from a bi- from a biology perspective, like cisgender women actually are more physically susceptible to HIV because of our anatomy, right? Okay. So it's actually easier to transmit HIV through heterosexual vaginal sex. And then, like I said, there's the other issues, the ones we're talking about: stigma and feeling embarrassed to go yes. buy condom. Or feeling ashamed or scared to get the hiv test and things like that yes. so that's why you know we have options right yes there's, prep, <laughs> there's condoms there's not yes. alcohol, There's a you know regular testing all of the things so please you know again like this again i can I, I love i love the concept of black health lit because yes. it's incredibly important to ensure that black women black people really have the the tools that they need to um to really take charge of, of their health
0: yeah and that's what it's all about. And you hit on something that probably would surprise most people, especially cisgender men, and not realizing the violence that women face, black women especially face when they say, whoa, you gotta put a condom on. Yep. And, and so you, the reality is not to be so graphic, but the reality is you may be laying there, you know, one step from penetration, one one moment away from penetration, and you say, hey, put a condom on, I've experienced it. Hey, put a condom on. And then it's physical violence, verbal violence, emotional violence. And so that is the reality of sexual encounters sometimes. And so prep, if someone were to take prep and choose that as an option, if they don't feel safe or for whatever the reasons, um, it is a good alternative. And then something else that you hit on is, Having those conversations with a primary care provider or your PCP and being honest. Yeah. So I just watched on Netflix the some more comedy special. It's not to do. How do you think of it? <laughs> I thought it was. I like some more. Okay. She looks good. Yeah. But in her special, she talked about how she went to a new doctor. And, you know, they make you fill out the paperwork mm-hmm. and it's like, how many drinks have you had this week or how many sexual partners do you have? And she says she put one for everything. And it was funny, but it's also like when you go talk to your doctor, be honest, right. if, you're, if you're being ex- because if you're having sex with just your husband or one partner, boyfriend, whatever, then that's one thing. But if you are, like you said, having a, a greater or different level of exposure, make sure you're informing your provider so that they can be a better provider for you. Help them I, help you.
1: But you know, another thing that um I want to bring up when you just mentioned that, oh, you're married. So this goes back to like the CDC guidelines. I'm not sure if you're, if everyone's familiar that the CDC put together um, a set of Of HIV screening guidelines for Ah. clinicians so they actually know, okay who should get tested, right? Right now, the guidelines are saying anybody between the ages of 13 and 64 should be offered an HIV test at least once in their life. So first of all, those guidelines need to be updated because we risk doesn't work like that, right? Right. One test at one point in your life, okay, do you, so now you're good? Like you're not. Right, nah. <laughs> right so <laughs> <any> risk <laughs> does not work like that. So we, this is, a, you know, if, if you're having sex, there's always a risk. So absolutely, you need absolutely. to have ongoing testing. So that, that's what we know that the, the, the guidelines are actually making it so that it's up to the, the discretion of the clinician to actually offer it to you, which is means that it's not going to like, you know, how you just, you just mentioned how like, Oh, there's a set of questions that are like, you know, just standard questions that, that everybody gets asked. Right. There's Questions around, like you said, like, um, you know, substance use, there's questions around depression, right. We're, we're trying to make the case with the work that I'm doing, that there should be a standard set of questions around HIV exposures, yes. <laughs> right, and HIV risk, and um, you know, and and COVID vaccines, and I'll tell yes. you in a minute why we're kind of coupling those two. Um, but without it, what we're really doing is we're maintaining stigma because I yes. literally did some um interviews with patients, um, and they said that if their you know PCP literally asks them for an HIV test, they will be offended, and the wow. reason. That yes and the reason for that is because right now it's not the standard of care it's not a question that you just ask everybody so if they did ask you 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 may think like well like well what makes you want to ask me that because you, you don't ask everybody that so what was it about yes. me that you so you feel profiled you know yes, so, yes you know so that's why we're saying like we already know there's a stigma associated with having these conversations unfortunately yeah so, take away the stigma by saying you know what these are a set of questions I ask everyone. And this yes. is why it's really important. So I'm not yes. picking, just picking hand picking you, right? Yes. yeah. I need to have these conversations. And to your point, need to be honest. Yeah. You know, depending on how you respond to the questions are the next step, you know, like how your your PCP is going to respond. Like, oh, okay, right. you know, because you said XYZ. So I think that you might be a good candidate for prep or because you said, you know, and that's why it's so important, because going back to your point about, oh, you're married. Marriage is not doesn't protect you from HIV. It doesn't. (laughs) Well, what remember that was in that
0: Tyler Perry movie with
1: Janet Jackson. Exactly. It does not not protect you. Like, no, no, no. Like, so that's why I don't think that. And that's why we want to take it out of the discretion of the PCP because they may think, oh, look, this person is older. And again, age doesn't protect you either. Uh, No. Or older in age can have very full, you know, sex life. We're sexual beings. Like, yes. there's no cap of like, oh, by this age, you are not have sex more. That's not true. Right? No, it's not. So, <laughs> so again, so age don't protect you. Marriage doesn't protect you. So like, nope. all, if we use those as factors, what that's going to do is that's just going to contribute to bias yeah around like who who's engaged in xyz behavior it's like no no no, take that off the table and everybody is equally susceptible to hiv if you're being sexually active and by the way there's like a set of questions that it's really important to ask because some people going back to um health literacy like they think of sex in different ways right
0: yeah
1: (laughs) so it's kind of like you know when i say sex what am i talking about like like what goes where what are you doing right yes instead (laughs) of just saying you know oh like are you having sex because people people just think and respond to that differently right they do
0: <laughs> they do you got to get real specific you gotta get it yeah like are you exchanging bodily fluids basically in, in this literally. way this way literally are you entering or are you entering any body part whatever body part is your literally. preference because right. you are right people's definition of sex varies and that's fine it, it should because it's a personal thing so uh, you touched on something about you know talking to your PCP, talking to your nurse practitioner, whoever your healthcare provider is. Mm-hmm. How can people, Black people, when they go to the doctor, talk to their doctor specifically? What question, if if there's one question they should ask their doctor, what should it be as it relates to HIV?
1: um so i mean that's a really good question um around uh hiv i would say that before we even think about like a very specific question about hiv i think that it's more important to just back up and then just think about overall health because mm-hmm. your overall health actually is gonna impact um you know because you know if you, if you like we know hiv human immunodeficiency virus yes. is attacking your immune system right yes. So, you know, while we're while we can narrow in on one specific, you know, viral infection or, you know, infectious disease. Yeah. I think it's important to just overall just establish you know a relationship, and rapport with your PCP and just get into the habit of just being open and honest about all the things that you're feeling right so for example for me back in the day this doesn't happen to me anymore but back in the day i used to be like oh dang i forgot to say this or mention that right yeah because you know you get caught up especially if you're especially if you you come in for a a so-called like problem visit like you're like whatever you came in for you forgot to like bring something else up so that's why i find it really helpful to like prepare before i actually go and I literally put my thoughts or my questions in my phone. Like I have like a, yeah. email, like the notes app. And I was yep. like, hey, you know what? don't forget to say this. Or, you know, for example, if I noticed like, oh, you know what, there's been a change in my sleeping habits. Like, you know, I'm not sleeping throughout the night. Like you, in your mind, it's like, that's not a big deal. But it is. All the things, every, everything, anything change that you notice, bring it up. You yeah, know, that's absolutely. What, that's, what that's what they're there for. Because they're be like, oh, actually, that might be an indication. So, like, all of this is like connected. You know,
0: it is. It <laughs> so is.
1: Bring up the fact that, you know what, actually, lately, I haven't been able to sleep through the night or any change in your eating habits or fluctuations in your weight or, you know, with women, the yeah. color and the change and the odor or the texture of your discharge, like any and everything. like All of
0: it. All, all of, of it.
1: Yes. Headache, like any symptoms that you have, headaches, I'm fatigued, I'm lightheaded. Like, just bring it up and then let them decide, okay, you know, it sounds like this that, and the other, cause if you like withholding information, they don't have the full picture of what's right. happening. <laughs> so right. they can't really like, you know, you know share up the prognosis, like, you know what? It sounds like X, Y, Z. So you're gonna help them out by giving them everything they need. Yes, and they'll be able to address that, right? Yes. But, you know, here we are, you know, I mean, there is no HIV vaccine. Let's be very clear, right? There, there are other things like the flu, Mpox, COVID, you know, so I think it's also really important because I know people do have questions, especially in this COVID era that we're living in, about the science behind it, right? Like yes. well, what's in it and what level of protection does it offer? Like how yes. does it work? You know, all like any and all of those questions, this is the place to get that question answered. Of course, you can look it up online. But I yeah. think like taking, you know, and again, I'm I'm not going to say don't look things up online because I think that's really important to do research. Absolutely.
0: Oh so yeah. Bring,
1: yes, yes, yes. Bring what you read, though. Bring what you were told. Bring what you know with you. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what is this true? Because I thought I read. I thought I, you know whatever.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> that kind of thing. Because you, it's important to get a second opinion, right? It is. It's not, it's not going to hurt to get a second opinion. Um, to you know, like I said, when it comes to cha- taking charge of your health. Yeah. So again, I can't stress enough the importance of having uh, what we call a medical home, like an actual PCP that knows you. Yeah. Go to the ED. Um you know, they, there's not going to be continuity of care there, right? Like, nope. you see a new person every single time. Like, and so we just need to use the ED in the way it was intended for emergencies mm-hmm. and actually go to a PCP for, you know, like ongoing everything else. <laughs> yes, um, yes. So that, you know, again, like I said, they can really, they know all the things like, oh, you know, Matt, last time you heard, you mentioned this and then it, you know, like these factors, like how are you, how, you know, any changes? So like yes. those are the type of things that you just want to, you know, pose those questions. So I would say, I can give you this is the one question that you should ask. I feel like mm-hmm. there's a host of questions, right? Because it really depends on your health status. What's and going on. Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you, know, you just, be, just be forthcoming with like how you feel. And and, I, and again, not waiting until you don't feel well to go. Like when, you, yes. when you're feeling well, go. Because you want to yes. maintain the wellness.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. You know,
1: so, um, so I think that's just like the best way to kind of approach that.
0: And you touched on something there. Have a PCP before you get sick. So... Yeah. Sometimes we wait until, oh, my God, I can't breathe or I have chest pain or I got a sore throat. We need to be getting into a PCP before we get sick in some markets, some cities, depending on the health system, your health insurance, the the population there, it might take six months to mm-hmm. get in and establish with a primary care provider. And so it's so important that we establish that while we're healthy before we need them. So then when you do get that sore throat, when you do have vaginal discharge, when you do have a red eye, whatever is going on, any changes in your breast, you can call them, send them a MyChart message or electronic message and say, oh. Hey, something ain't right. Yeah, <laughs> and no. then they're yeah. like, Oh, Okay. I know you Susie or Oh, okay. Keisha, I already
1: know you not girl, you're not my patient, <laughs> you right. know, <laughs> right. No, literally. right? and these days, it's like, you know, I'm glad you brought up the electronic health record, because that's like, you know, now we can send messages directly to your PCP, and there's telehealth, right, you yes. so probably have to get up and go somewhere, you can like, you know, so there's like all these ways that there there has been more and more efforts yes. <laughs> to, to increase access, so it's not just, like you say, gotta wait all these months to like, see them, you know, you yes. need to come in, like, it's just, I have this question, and I want to, you know, or I need to, you know, sometimes, like, for example, for me, like, there's, I need refills on like prescriptions. I don't even have a I just click a button when I open my patient portal. Refill yep. literally that same day, CBS called me like it's ready. I'm like, bet.
0: You know yes. What yes. I like gotta, uh... that. Yeah telehealth her visit with my PCP for a small issue last Thursday and I needed to travel for family. And they were like, Wait, we, she can get you at 9 30. I said, I have a hotspot on my phone and I have my laptop in the there trunk. Is. And I took that call right in that driver's seat. I pulled <laughs> over, parked, and she said, Are you in the car? I said, Yes. And I turned up the lights. She said, The lighting's funky. I turned up the lights in the car, turned on all the lights, and I leaned into that camera and she got me together. The call took me maybe five, 10 minutes max. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I got what I needed. She called in the prescription and I was back on the road. Good. I was like, send it to the pharmacy by my mama's house <laughs> right? because that's where I was traveling to. Yep. And it was all click, click, click. It's just as easy as making an IG post.
1: Literally. Right. <laughs> so, and, this, and that only happens when you have a PCP. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yes.
0: You can't do that if you just don't have a PCP or right. just pop up in the emergency room. Like, no, nah, that's not how it goes. Mm-hmm. So Something you touched on earlier, um, Dr. Ward is some of the successes, some of the the advances in HIV care. Can you talk a little about that so we can celebrate that?
1: Yeah, you know, I actually appreciate this question because I feel like we often focus on the challenges and we don't <laughs> <laughs> yep. and then things like well, that. That's broke, literally, <laughs> eventually. So, um, so yeah, I'm gonna mention some things, you know, like kind of nationwide. But you know, since I live in DC, I want to go ahead and start here. So, I'm I'm unsure if you actually remember, but back in 2007, we were literally at the epicenter of an epidemic in DC.
0: No, I don't yes.
1: recall that. Literally, one in 20 adults had HIV. That's how saturated the city was with HIV. Wow. But Because of that, though, lots of resources were funneled, you know, our way, and then we really became like kind of innovative in our interventions. So one of those innovative interventions was the fact that we've routinized HIV testing in the ED. So no matter which nice. room you go to in the city, you're automatically getting tested for HIV. Awesome. <laughs> it, awesome.
0: Doesn't, it
1: doesn't matter what you came in for, you're getting tested. And I love that actually. And I Me think too. that, you know, that's a model that first of all, should be expanded into primary care. Cause I mean, it's yes. only means the need, but you know, and that's a because we, it, it gets a, a large gamut of people, right? Cause like I said, a lot of people go to the ED because you know, you you will not ever be turned away to, you know, for care and eating. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, like I said before, it removes the stigma from profiling specific patients. Oh, you got risk. And like, nope, yes. it's standard care. Everybody getting it. Yeah. Same thing happened with um with pregnant women, right? It's like, it's standardized HIV screening for all pregnant women, not just me. Yes. But if you, you know, if you, whatever healthcare setting you're going to, you're going to get that. What that's done in DC has nearly eliminated mother-to-baby transmission. Which yes, is, I exactly, love exactly, it. Exactly. So that like, so we know that, you know, <laughs> Screening and testing works, right? When yes. people, know, people know their status and you can usher them in and get them into uh, to care. Yeah. Um, but during the COVID pandemic, DC actually focused on housing as prevention.
0: Mm. So you may be like, housing
1: as prevention, what? Remember how, what? how the <laughs> social determinants, remember? Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: You know, at the end of the day, if you worried about like, where am I going to sleep tonight? The last thing you're going to be thinking about is HIV prevention, yep. right? Yeah. Yep. So if you know when you, people need stability, like they, they need their basic needs met. So what happened was that DC, um, we piloted this program for men who have sex with men that provided them with workforce development, stable housing, in exchange for them agreeing to stay on prep. Again, the daily ah. that you know HIV negative people take to stay negative. Yes. And they found there was a hundred percent compliance and uptake of PrEP like nobody missed their pill they took it every single day and that's because they didn't have to worry about where they were gonna sleep
0: yeah yeah (laughs)
1: literally it's housing as prevention yeah but so then you can take out housing and put in like other things you know like you know employment you can take out employment and put in community safety like all of the terms of health these are the basic things that people need you know because those are priority those get a priority over PrEP and condoms and you know what I'm saying those things are important but these are larger macro like the condition that you live in yeah that makes it you know that much harder for you to you know prioritize or even care about that when you feel like okay I don't know what I'm gonna eat I don't know what I'm yeah. gonna stay, I don't feel safe like those are you yeah. think about the Maslow hierarchy of you know of need yeah but um, but nationally though, like I said, across the board, HIV medications are super, super, super effective. Remember back in the day, anybody with mm-hmm. HIV had to take what was called a cocktail pill, uh-huh. right? <laughs> yep. And they weren't even like you know useful in keeping your viral load down. It was just like trying to prolong your life before yes. you advance to AIDS. Yeah. Now people just don't even need to ever get AIDS. Like at this point, yes. we're, like you know, like in the US. The like cases of AIDS, except in the South, unfortunately, people are advancing to AIDS. And that's a whole yes. other conversation. That's a different <laughs> conversation
0: in the South.
1: Exactly. But you don't have to, if you, if you have access to treatment, literally these days, HIV is like a chronic condition, right? Yeah. You yeah. know, it's like if you're not even transmitted to anybody because your viral load is so low, it's not even detectable. So, like, yeah, HIV these days, they're living long lives and they end up dying from other things like, you know, kidney disease or, or cancer. Yeah. Not, not HIV though. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because right? yeah. they're taking their meds. And this yeah. is why people believe the myth that Magic Johnson's been cured. It's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> No, the you can't believe that, oh, he got done more because he got money and they, you know, yep. they, they got a cure in the back. It's like, no, they, there's no cure for HIV, right? Like <laughs> he literally is a poster child for how wonderful um HIV meds were.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They, I was HIV gonna talk meds. about him. Like, what about Magic Johnson though? Exactly. Because you, know, you know, know, we talk about Magic Johnson like the golden child of HIV <laughs> survival. Yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. But that's why though, it's HIV meds. Take your meds, and you too will be good, right? Yes. Yeah. With prep, you know. Yeah. Um, if you take your prep, which is super effective, it does keep HIV people, uh, HIV negative people negative. But that's the yeah. thing. Um, of all the groups. Black women have the lowest uptake of PrEP. And it's a combination of, like I said, not being offered it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Um, you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, and there's just like some other factors, but we um, think about like um, like the cost of PrEP and things like that. You know, there's a other kind of, det- you know, factors, barriers. Systemic listening. things. Yeah, systemic factors. Yeah, systemic
0: Yeah. But- you talked about... Um- standardizing HIV care in the ED. And when you said that, it made me think about how when you go to the ED or you go to a PCP, a specialist, if you interact with any healthcare provider, 99.999% of the time, they are going to take your blood pressure, even if it's the dentist, and they're going to ask you if you smoke. (laughs) And there was a time when they didn't screen people for tobacco use. Yeah. That's been in my lifetime. And so if we say, if we take people's blood pressure, it catches those blood, you know, it catches high blood pressure. And sometimes people get sent to the ED right away from the dentist's office, their OBGYN, whatever. Whoa, 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 this blood pressure, you got to go to the ED. And then if you smoke, they may offer you some interventions on that. But then if we added HIV screening as that standard, you know, because now people are not offended when they say, do you smoke? We're not offended. Or when they say, I got to take your blood pressure. I just went to the dentist the other day and they took my blood pressure. Mm -hmm. It was just for a cleaning, but it's so standard now that we don't even think about it. And if we did that with HIV testing, that would almost eliminate the stigma and screening numbers would be close to 100% of people who interact with the healthcare system.
1: Right. Because that's what the best you got to be, you got to be there in order to hit it. Right?
0: To get it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, what else can you share with us, Dr. Ward, before we do some rapid fire questions about your work and anything that you especially want Black women to know about HIV and their risk?
1: Well, um... I would say that th- as far as my work is concerned, um, earlier I, I just briefly mentioned that, you know, I'm really trying to promote the importance of routinizing or making HIV screening the standard of care, but I'm also doing that for COVID vaccines. Now okay. it may not be intuitive of like why why HIV and COVID, right? Like what do those two have in common, other than the fact that they both, you know, are infectious diseases and you know. Spread by a virus. Yeah. The, the fact that they both are highly stigmatized. Yeah. And they both disproportionately impact the same patient populations. Yeah you know black and brown people and those who identify as lgbtqia right yeah so if we you know take these two um conditions and you know and say you know let's create screening questions so that like we said it removes the stigma yeah (laughs) and just be like okay you know what let's have a conversation about again when we hadn't talked about covid but we need to talk about covid vaccines as well and yeah. just looking at the standard of care of like, okay, I need to. I'm gonna go ahead and add in like the last date of your COVID vaccine. I'm like, oh wait, I didn't have a COVID vaccine. Okay, then that's your intro way to be like, yep, yep. Okay, let's go ahead and talk about it. you know what I'm saying. Or like, yeah. oh, maybe they did have it, but you didn't get your booster. You know what I'm saying? So just you know, just like yeah. the vaccine, where you want, you want to be up to date, and I want to update your electronic health record when the last yeah. time you had it. That's what we're doing, right? Yeah. And the same thing with you know with HIV. It's not like oh, a set of questions and then you can get a test. Set of questions, you can get prep, right? So yeah. that's what we do that just across the board. Um, and that's really important, like I said, because black women, especially when it comes to HIV, we're disproportionately impacted. We don't need to be.
0: Right. right. We don't. <laughs> you know,
1: we just do not need to be. If we address some of these systemic structural issues. Yeah. You know, then the rates would dip. Yeah, certainly. So yep. I think that, we you know, because it's nothing unique to being a black woman. Like It's not that it's the like I said, all the other factors. So let's address those other factors. And then that yes. way you know, um, we, we would have some kind of, we would have, you know, um, we would have more opportunities for health.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. That's a great, great answer and wrap up and a great segue to some rapid fire questions. So my first rapid fire question for you, Dr. Ward is what does wellness mean to you?
1: Wellness is when you tend to your whole self to me, you know, it's like, Yes, your physical body, but it's also your mental and your emotional and your spiritual, social, cultural, and financial self. Yes. Ooh, right? Yes.
0: (laughs) Yes. So like,
1: you know, I'm, I'm committed to, you know, lifelong learning. And so I'm always thinking about, okay, what education and resources and skills, you know, can I lean into and what, what are the educational resources and skills that I still need? Yes. And the reason why that's important is because there's a podcast for that. There's an app for that. There's a friend or a prayer for that. There's a therapist for that. Yep. There's a financial planner for that. <laughs> that's real. So yes. you know, like I okay, like, let me just talk about financial real quick because maybe people are like, financial? What does that got to do with wellness? Right. Yeah. Everything. What? Everything. If you're anxious about money, if you're mismanaging money, it's going to affect your mental and your physical. Like absolutely you're losing sleep. Like lose. Like your edge is gone. Like all the
0: way gone.
1: Like <laughs> <you know what laughs> you know I'm not gonna <laughs> pay for this. I'm gonna save for that. It's like okay, and that's why I love the World Health Organization's definition of health because they say health is not merely the absence of disease. Right. It is There's not psychosocial and mental aspect of the, of life that weighs in on us. That's why absolutely. I health is the
0: whole stuff all the way why is black health literacy important
1: oh my god so um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a big oh one Oh my God!
1: i love 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 black health lit okay i love that i love you like you captured like black health lit okay so first of all overall health literacy is important right absolutely so much so that attaining health literacy is actually part of our nation's healthy people 2030 goals i don't know if you know that but um you know you can be literate and not be health literate, right? So this does call for our ability to just wade through all the information that we have, you know, get access to and make sense of it. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> we mm-hmm. have so much
1: information at our fingertips that it could be overwhelming if you don't know yeah. the sources to trust. So when we read something, we need to be able to process that, apply it to our life, you know, weigh the risk and the benefits, understand and interpret data, and then act on it. So yes. I think this is especially important for Black people and Black women, because like I said, we're disproportionately impacted by racism and bias and discrimination and stigma, which is leading to the health disparities that we're facing. So, yes. you know, it's not squarely our responsibility alone, but we do have a role in our health. So, we this do. Is, you know, this is where, the, this is the need for Black health lit.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And how can people connect with you, learn and learn more about your work? It sounds like you're doing some great things.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Well, I would love for people to learn more about the national training model that I'm leading for PCPs to make HIV screening and COVID vaccine screening the standard of care. So we do call that two in one because it's a dual screening in the primary care setting. So people can visit um, my website. It's two in one. So it's no numbers. It's all letters, you know, two in one. Failed out. Yep. Yes. SMHS, which is School of Medicine and Health Sciences dot GWU, which is George Washington University dot EDU. Yeah. Okay. And they can also follow me on LinkedIn. My name is Miranda Ward all A's in my name. So I felt really excited when I saw the flyers and you had all A's. I was like, oh. Yes, no spell i's. it right. No Get i's it right. Okay. <laughs> you can also follow me on Twitter at Doc Miranda War again, all A's.
0: Yeah. So,
1: uh, thank you for that and for the invitation for, for folks to stay connected to me.
0: Absolutely. And thank you so much for educating us today. My very first guest to talk about HIV, such an important topic that is impacting Black women. You all heard the statistics So please, please, please talk to your PCP about your HIV risk. And thank you, Dr. Ward. Thank you.